We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Uh, Newcastle have been beaten once again. 3-0 to Arsenal. Monday night, you well, Alex Hurst, Norman Riley, Michael Collins speaking immediately after the game. And Steve Bruce promised much. He threw his players under the bus ahead of this one. He blamed the players for the capitulation at Sheffield United, despite saying he takes full responsibility. And here we are once again. We we, we slide towards the relegation zone. The worst form in the Premier League. One of the worst teams in the Premier League, quite quite comfortably. Um, And, you know, this time last week or around that, I was angry. I'm not angry anymore. I've accepted it. Steve Bruce... Is going to do maximum damage to Newcastle United while he remains in post. Uh, damage that could take months or seasons to undo in terms of the career development of some players, particularly young players. And I got Norman and Mickey, and Mickey will start with you because you said you were angry. I think me and me and Norman have, have lurched into apathy uh, at different points. So, so how do you feel after that one, mate? I am angry. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect to be angry. Um, in, in the build of this game, I thought we were going to lose. I said on the YouTube show before that, that we were going to win one no, but I didn't believe it. Um, I thought we'd lose quite comfortably, but you know, you hear you hear all these absolutely ridiculous statements from the manager in the press over the past seven days. You know, turns it around and says, "I'm going to play, going to play my way," and then you, and then, and then we put in a performance that's as abject as that across the entire team, and you just think. What does it even mean? What was the point in saying those things? You know, there's there's absolutely no truth to it. The, the only difference tonight to any of the previous games is is what was written down on the paper as the formation. But everything else was the same. You know, every, everything else was as pathetic as it's been time after time after time for Newcastle. And, uh, and I thought that second half was arguably the worst I've ever seen us play. I, I think I, I'd struggled to remember a time I've ever seen a half of football in the Premier League for, between any two teams and, and have one of them be so comfortable. Like that, that wasn't even a, like, it wasn't even a game for Arsenal. They didn't have to do anything. We let them score three goals through, through individual errors. If they actually tried to play any football at all, like that could have been seven, eight, nine goals in, in a half of football. And we genuinely didn't, we didn't even try to, make it look like we were going to try and make a chance. It was like that far removed from us threatening their goal. We, 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 we could have played that game for a million years and we wouldn't have scored. And I just think, what, what, what's, you know, it kind of goes against my anger, but like, what's the point anymore? Um, for, the, 
for the manager to have said the things he, he did during the week and then put in, and then the team put in that performance is a disgrace. And even disregarding the woeful context of that performance, just that performance on its own was abysmal. And Steve was not fit to lead, to lead the club. He's not. There's no two ways about it. Norman, um, I'm going to guess you were, you agree completely with Mickey there. You know, let, let's let's look at let's look at the the team sheet tonight, and even without going into which, well, you can go into the specifics, but eight changes for a Premier League game, four a, a whole new central midfield. Have you ever known anything like this at Premier League level? I was racking my brains um, to to think uh, to try and remember a time when I've seen this at Newcastle, and perhaps the only time. We have, or maybe at any other club, is the kind of the last game of the season or the last two games of the season. You know, when the when the season's over and a set in a, in a manager, I'll just like bring in seven or eight players, young players, players who are you know who haven't been involved all season, or or if a team has maybe got an FA Cup final to play at the end of the season, but that's the only time. I mean, this is this is you know quite literally halfway through the season. I think that was where perhaps a nineteenth game was it? Am I, am I am I getting that right? Or eighteenth game, so more or less halfway through the season. I don't recall a game where or, or like uh, I've seen that happen before and whilst I think you know two or three changes is fine um, to, to make eight but not only to make eight changes but to also go out and play a completely different formation of what, what we've played lately as well so it's it's totally different players it's a totally different formation and it's again just a, a thrown to me it's just smack of the kind of thrown of the dice desperation that that Bruce has shown throughout his whole time in charge at Newcastle, when we've had a run of bad form or a couple of bad games or a couple of bad performances or whatever, he's just done, you know, his words, used a hand grenade and he used a hand grenade tonight and guess what's happened? We've thrown a hand grenade in a room where we're, we're the only people in there. It's blown <laughs> up yet again and destroyed me. Um, it was a, a truly miserable performance and I think we were talking on the Charlotte show before the game about the fact that He'd, select, he'd gone 4-4-2, yet he'd put Miguel Almiron and Joe Linton on the wings as, as midfielders. I, like that, that, no other Premier League manager, there is no other Premier League manager, probably no manager in all four divisions who would think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a supposed forward who I've played on, on, on in midfield by, before, by the way, and he's been terrible. I'm going to do that again, and I'm going to get like a Paraguayan international who is clearly a very talented footballer and stick him on the left of midfield where he never does anything. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. I, do, I genuinely don't think there is any other manager who would have looked at that pool of players tonight and thought, that's what I'll do. It backfired, didn't it, clearly? Mickey, this was supposed to be a reaction. And, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start with the, with with this idea of a reaction. Um, we haven't won in ages. <laughs> You know the last the last couple of day, the games we did win against Palace and uh, West Brom. You could argue both could have easily gone the other way. Um, just 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 how 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 you know how much danger in Newcastle? Do you think do you, do you think this is? Do you think we are seeing history repeat itself here with this kind of torturous slide towards relegation? Everyone can see coming. Everyone can see that Newcastle United are potentially going to be in a relegation well if not relegated this season and yet the people who are supposed to look after the club are the ones who who seem oblivious to the threat 
where do you stand on on the, on the chances of this side under Steve Bruce being relegated, mate? Well, the parallels, the parallels to the previous relegations under Mike Ashley are just so apparent. It's it's unbelievable. Um, we're we're definitely in a relegation battle, and, and we're the we're the team in free fall. Alex, I, I don't know if you'll remember, but when the FA Cup draw came out and, and, and we drew Arsenal, you said there was Arsenal were in free fall, and I thought at the time that's a it's an interesting. It's an interesting word to use to describe a football team. And Arsenal were in free fall at the time. They've, they've subsequently turned around, obviously, in time playing Newcastle twice, of course. But how quickly it turns around and how quickly Newcastle United are the team that are in free fall. And you look at look at the most recent 10 fixtures or whatever it is, and you've, you've gone back to West Brom Palace there, Alex, and you're completely right. Look at the next 10, and you, you just think, like, where where are the points coming from? We're playing football like we are. Where, where, where's the turnaround going to come? And, and, and what can change? With the current manager being in charge of the team, that's gonna that's gonna make such a drastic difference to turn around what what is definitely the the worst form team in the Premier League, without a shadow of a doubt, into a team that can start to accumulate points again. Even just the next three games, Aston Villa away, a club that's been decimated by coronavirus um, over over the past week. Maybe the game might be off, which would be a, a, an absolute blessing for Newcastle. If it's on, we we lose. No two ways about it. Then we've got Leeds coming here, who who beat us five two a matter of weeks ago, and and it could have been more. And then we go to Everton. Now those three games, you know, on on current form, it's a guaranteed zero points. And where where do we where do we sit in the table then? Three games down the line, still on nineteen points after twenty one games. That starts to get really concerning. And then you start to think about how you get to forty with the games that we have after that. And it's for me, it's just it's just not coming. After the Everton game, we play Palace possibly get some points out of that. Palace at home, it's always a stinking game with Palace. And then we have Southampton come up. Southampton didn't decent form. And then we go to Chelsea and the Man United, two away games in a row. We could be we could be sitting second bottom by the time we've played those games out. Only the Sheffield United, who were in with a real shout of getting the worst points total in Premier League history until Newcastle went and just rolled over um, for, the, for their first win of the season, obviously. I, I would be gobsmacked if this team gets itself out of the relegation battle with this manager in charge. And I think We've said for a while, we look like we're going to go down, and I think we will. Steve Bruce is speaking to the media now, which I will try and tell you, Lance, what you said. I can't hear him because I've got the TV turned down. Norman, just just going back to this, going back to the manager, totally agree with everything you say there, Mickey. Um, Going back to the manager, and and we just talked about earlier in the show about the things that he says, and it's been a... It's it, it's it's been an integral part of Steve Bruce's managerial career at Newcastle, um, and beforehand that he basically talks a load of shite. He talks so much nonsense, and it enrages fans. It's like Pardew. It's like Sunes. The obvious examples. What what do you think? What, what do you think? Just just say this gets sacked tomorrow morning, Norman. How does Steve Bruce recover from this? Because if you look at the look at the gravity of what he said. He said we were shite. He said we threw hand grenades of performances in. He said we would do it too often. He said it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. He said I'm going to do it now, my way now, and this is the result. Like I'm, I'm asking you, like quite seriously, you know, like how how do you think? It, you might think it's not possible. How can Steve Bruce like what what team and formation does he pick for the game against Villa? Do you have any idea? I don't. I mean, I, I could I could give you what what I think about where Steve Bruce goes from, yeah, but I've just got his comments up on the BBC website if you want me to repeat them verbatim. Oh, please, yeah. um, would you like me to? Yes, yes, yeah. 
I might right. cover my ears, like. So, so it's quite it, it it's quite extensive, but I'll, I'll I'll give me best shot. We gave as good as we got, and got, <laughs> and got into ourselves some decent opportunities, but that little bit of confidence has ebbed away for sure. We were caught in the second half, where we didn't see it coming from the first half performance. I certainly think in the first half we got ourselves into decent positions, but that little bit of quality has gone as a confidence thing. He's repeating himself here, by the way. And that happens when you want to run like we are. The only way it comes back is with a couple of victories. We just have to keep working at it. We have tried. To win a game, you have to score a goal. We always knew we were entering a really difficult run of games. To play Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool and Man City, we always knew it was going to be difficult, difficult against these top teams. You have seen their players approach. We are disappointed because we have been caught trying to get forward. Two passes and they are in on our goal. That is something we have to learn from and understand. The reason we have been defending deep was to avoid situations like that. We have to get the balance right and we will keep working on it. Finally, on his own position, I am trying to do the best I possibly can as always, but you will have to ask others about that. So there's the comments. I can answer your question um, in terms of where did Bruce go from here, but without without bearing these com- these particular comments in mind, which you know, not, none of them are a surprise. They're ridiculous, but they're not a surprise. But in terms of his own his own position, I don't think there's anything Steve Bruce can do to make things better at Newcastle. I think there is absolutely zero confidence in him from the players. That's quite obvious. That the performance tonight was indicative of a group of people who have no confidence in what they're being told. And Steve Bruce is 60 years old now, I think. He's been managing for 22 years. There is nothing that he will innovate now at this stage of his career as a manager based on his previous record as a manager who hasn't actually been innovative in any ways, that suggests to me he can turn this round. So it doesn't matter what formation he plays against Villa or Leeds or Evan. It doesn't matter how he sets a side up. The fact is that he does not have the capacity or the ability to turn this around. There is only one way that this side's heading with Steve Bruce in charge, as far as I can see, and that's down. Whether we scrape enough points between now and the end of the season to get that to stay up, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we stay up this season because if we stay up and Bruce stays, next season will be an absolute disaster. That, that's how I feel right now. And you, you look at the table and you talk about relegation battles. We've played 18 games. We've got a minus 12 goal difference. Burnley, who are fourth bottom, are three points behind us with a minus 13 goal difference. Basically means if they win, they'll, they'll go above us on goal difference or at least join with us on goal difference. We're fourth bottom all of a sudden. And then we're fourth bottom with Fulham, who've got a game in hand. And I know there's no guarantees that Burnley or Fulham will win their games in hand. But the, the fact is that we are in a relegation battle and we've been speaking about this for, I would say, months. We, we have on, 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 on this particular podcast. Newcastle fans themselves, you look at social media, fans have been saying this. This is a team heading in one, in one direction. And what we saw tonight was maybe, maybe pundits looking at it and thinking, oh, hold on a second. All right, two months ago, there were eight points above the relegation zone, they're not in relegation trouble at all. They're going to have no problems. Steve Bruce is doing a great job. To all of a sudden thinking, what have I just witnessed? This is a team that's got serious problems. We, we, we've, we've seen this coming. We've seen it coming when we've spoken about the fact that Bruce's victories have never actually been deserved. We've, we've said on numerous occasions, you can't just keep going on like this because it'll turn around and bite you. And that's what we're seeing now. And, I, and I've got absolutely zero confidence in Steve Bruce turning this around. And I think his post-match comments again have, have just reinforced that. What, what I find interesting, lads, is everything you said there, Norman, 
is 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 what I'd hope they realise and appreciate the club. Everything about the, the teams below us, the games in hand, the games we've got coming up, the performances, the tactics, the players, all of that. And then you listen to Bruce there and he's it's like, we're doing our best. We need a win. And, and it kind of, he's done this since he's, he's got here, hasn't he? He's certainly done it in the past 12 months. It like, it, it it's going to, it's going to reduce the football club to, to what our opponents accuse us of being. So when Kieran Dyer or um, Troy Deeney or Lee Henry or wh- whoever it is say that, well, Bruce will keep Newcastle up. And, and, and the obvious comeback is, well, that, that's not his job. His job is, you know, he, he said when he came in, the job was to take us further as a team, a team who in the two seasons in the Premier League so far hadn't been in a serious relegation battle at the end of the season. So his job was to take us forward from that. He, the way he's talking, it's like it's one of those runs. And and again, the fact that he talks about those the, those teams that he talks about, number one, you don't have to lose all those games. I know we're through Liverpool, but you don't just have to get beat. Um, it totally ignores the performances against Brighton, the performance against Wolves, the performance against Fulham, the performance against West Brom, the performance against Leeds, the performance against Brentford, the performance against Blackburn, the performance against Newport, and so on. And, and he just and, and, and listen. Journalists have said this for a while. He breaks football down in there. They've got they've got better players, so it's almost what's the point in trying? For, Norman, from to give that um, post match interview there and completely ignore all of the context that he provided with his pre-match and post-match comments through the week. I just feel insulted by it. Do you know what I mean? It's like after, after watching that, a game that in the second half, even me, who's recorded a YouTube video about it, who's 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 going to write about this, I've got an editorial to write for the new fanzine that's out, keep an eye out for the front cover of that, because um, it won't be Bruce-friendly. Um I struggle to retain an interest in watching the team play. I do. I struggle. I struggle to watch that second half. And, and and he talks about it's it's the same stuff over and over again. It's like the idea that you attack a team leaves you open. That doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to makes it more difficult. Just because you attack a team doesn't mean you have to concede a goal. You you, you look at the three goals Newcastle conceded tonight. They were all poor defensively. And and Steve Bruce talks about going back to basics. Well, I, I, it, what I feel, what I fear, is that in my head, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and think, well, what he says in public is different to what he says to the players. What he says in public, it's just kind of off the cuff. Don't really give a shit. Don't care what the fans think. Um, just nonsense. And 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 that, by the way, should be terrible. And that's my best case scenario for this manager. Whereas, in fact, I think he says the same to the public. To the players in the dressing room, I, do, I think I think the, the messaging is the same. We we'll have to get back to the drawing board. We we'll have we need a reaction. We we'll have to go back to basics. They're just empty words, and the players will know they're empty words. Like, can you imagine being a player in that dressing room this week, and, and being Matty Longstaff, being Jamal Lewis, being Javier Manquillo, or DeAndre Yedlin? You know, it's I don't just want to pick on one player apart from Jalinton, um, but but Emil Kraft. I said this to you lads during the game. What exactly? Does Emil Kraft do better than either Javier Manquillo or DeAndre Yedlin? And, and Manquillo and Yedlin are far from the answer in the Premier League, by the way. But what, like, I'm, I'm not being facetious. You know, you tell me, lads, what can Emil Kraft do that lo- that those lads can't? What can Joe Linton do as a left winger? Because I'm and I'm being deadly serious. I cannot tell anyone listening on this podcast what Joe, what what Joe Linton was supposed to do tonight. I don't think Joe Linton knows. I don't think Steve Bruce knows. 
I certainly don't know. And we'll have ourselves in this position as a Premier League club competing at the highest level at, at, at club football in Europe. And, and, and we've got players and coaching staff sending players out onto the pitch in formations and positions where it's, 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 it's hope for the best. It might do something. Because you've seen with Joe Linton, he's had two decent games in Newcastle this season against Palace and Burnley, both alongside Callum Wilson. And, and to play him left wing, it's not fair on him, even though he was dire. It's not fair on Jamal Lewis, who was also struggling massively. But but it, it just completely takes out the left side as any kind of attacking outlet with Joe Linton in the team. It's I just I feel I feel like we're witnessing some sort of like you know people. I want to get political. People talk about you know Donald Trump in America and you know the the fact that he's never been a politician. It's almost like. Um, Sorry, Trump's never been a politician before taking on the presidency. It's like Steve Bruce has never been a football manager before taking on this job. And I mean that deadly serious, deadly serious. It's like, it's like you know, making eight changes tonight. It just it just puts, you know, the complete onus on the players. I mean, Freddie Fernandez has been one of Newcastle's best players under Steve Bruce. He's out the, he's out the team. Norman, I know, I know you want to talk about Jamal Lascelles. So why don't we talk about that? You made an interesting point there about what you know what Bruce says in public, what he says behind closed doors. He like to think it's different, and it kind of it ties into what we see Bruce doing with that squad of players and where does the blame lie for Bobby or like I, I personally I believe I still believe deeply in a lot of those players. I think those players with the right manager behind them are capable of so much more, and we've seen it, right? We've seen it. I mean, let, let's take Callum Wilson for example, right? Callum Wilson first arrives at the club. The first few months, we love him. We're saying his praises. He's brilliant. He's clinical. All of a sudden, Callum Wilson is starting to look. He's starting to look like a shadow of the player that he was when he first arrived, because that's going to happen when his confidence is being drained, when he's not being given chances, when he's not being given the right coaching. We're speaking about Jamal Lascelles on um, on the Charlotte show about how he's changed. I mean, you've spoken about on numerous occasions on on state of play. I still think there are some very good players in that squad, and I think. I genuinely think that their their confidence is being sucked out of them that much that it's it's going to impact on their careers. I think if someone like Alan Samaxaman, how long can Alan Samaxaman last in terms of his if, if the the potential that he's gotten realizing it under someone like Steve Bruce? Like how long? Look at Jamal. Look at Jamal Lewis, if a fullback who was being linked with Liverpool in the summer, looking like he's looking like a shadow of the player he was at Norwich. And Norwich got relegated by finishing bottom. This this is my fear is that. The players that we've got are, are, are getting to the stage where they're, they're completely and utterly devoid of any confidence and they're starting to a certain extent to, I don't know, not not, not all of them, I'm, I'm just looking at Jamal Lascelles' comments, I think it kind of buy into what Bruce is saying as well. Listen to this. This is Lascelles tonight. This is the easy comments. So again, verbatim. They have quality in the team and have some fast players in there. We let it slip. We tried to be attacking, but we were too open at the back. In the first 45 minutes, I thought it was anyone's game. When you go and try to win the game against these sorts of teams, that's when they can hurt you. We had a game plan and tried to stick to it as well as we could. It never helps when you let goals in like that, and it's hard to come back from it. We need to get back to the drawing board and regroup. That's Bruce. Lascelles has said that. That is just Steve Bruce, isn't it? Spot on. Spot on. And... And I mean, you wanted to talk about um, the cells generally as well, and his performance and his, his, his place in the uh, team, Norman. I sorry. Um, so I think I mentioned on um, in Charlotte show that he looks like a player who is completely and utterly lacking in self belief. 
And Lascelles is, as we've seen over you know several years, he's a leader, he's a presence. What he might lack in terms of your, your sort of modern footballer's ability in the sense that he can bring the ball up from the back, he can pick a pass, he's cool and composed on the ball. What he may lack in that sense, he may more than made up for in determination, in leadership. I kind of, I guess, a bit like Connor Cody at Wolves. You know, there's, there's limitations in terms of, the, you know, the, their abilities as, as footballers in the footballing sense, but they're, they're brilliant and they're really important in the, in the side. And that's what Lascelles had. But but right now, he looks an absolute shadow of the player he was. And I find it I find it really sad to see this happen because, you know, as I say, the, the, there's a player in there who I think loves Newcastle United. He loves playing at Newcastle United. He's loved by the fans. And I think that relationship's going to get shakier and shakier as time goes on. And, 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 it's, and it's an it's an absolute shame. And I just look at how Emile Smith-Rowe absolutely rinsed them for that second goal. Like, almost the point where Lascelles was scared to make a challenge because... It, Smith Rowe was in a dangerous position. He was in the box. Lascelles takes a chance and makes a challenge, right? He gives a penalty away. Fair enough. But it's the mere fact that he, it, to me, it looked like he didn't even have the confidence to make a challenge. And that was very indicative of how how little the self-belief that these players have is at the moment. And it's, um, as I say, once you start losing belief in your own abilities, you know, if you don't believe in the manager, right, but you've got self-belief in, in, in you and in, in your teammates, you've got a chance. But when your own self-belief starts eroding, man, you're in big trouble. Like, and, I, and I think that's what's happening at the moment. And to see Lascelles, the club captain, in the way he is at the moment is just, it, I find it really sad and, as I say, really indicative of where we're heading. On Lascelles, though, I just, I, I can't quite get my head around why he started this game. Um, having missed so much football, played 45 minutes and been so tired he had to come off. Just, it just seems insane to, to then chuck him in from the start in a in a four man defence when we've, when he's been used to playing in a five man defence where he's got a bit more protection with the Crafters as right back against against a team with loads of fast players. It was like it was it was destined for failure that, and it was three or four times, particularly for their second goal, where where Kraft's just nowhere near where he's supposed to be as as the right back, and and Lasalle's is then having to do kind of two jobs at once. He's got no chance. So it, it's you know. I feel I feel for him a little bit for 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 kind of what what happened to him today because I don't necessarily think it's completely his fault. Why is Fernandez not played? Well, I, I... Here's my here's my hypothesis. I think because he gave away the penalty against mm-hmm. Sheffield, it's 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 that simple. It's you're out. Even though he made like laughing, two, wasn't it? that's true. Unbelievable blocks. But you're you're right though. Why why would you why would you take him out for for this game? It doesn't you know. Lads, apparently on Sky, you said it was an improvement again from Sheffield United. The bloke, he's a piss taker. The bloke is a piss taker. To, to look at that performance in that game and call it an improvement is an insult. And I keep using that word insult. It's like it's like he is genuinely insulting the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's you know it's like you know you know you know when Sunderland got relegated to League One from the Championship, but they didn't get relegated until like near the end of the season. It's like them saying it was an improvement on the Premier League campaign because we got relegated still, but it was just a bit like less worse <laughs> of relegation. Like that that's ne- this time next year when we're fucking bottom of the championship with Brucey would be like, well, it was better than uh, better than Sheffield this time last year, wasn't it? Um as we lose as, as we lose a Sheffield again in the championship, but just not as badly. Um the blo- the, blo- the, the bloke's beyond parody. He he, he is um he, you know, he was asked about his future and he says it's not my decision. I, I'm I'm the right man to take it forward. I just would I need someone, some journalist to say, tell us why you're the right man to take us forward. And saying you've done it for a long time isn't a fucking reason. It's not a reason to do something because you've done it for a long time. 
it's probably a reason to stop doing it, Steve, because Steve, because you've been doing it for a long time and you're still producing these results and performances. Probably tells you something about the the things that you're doing. Um, I don't know. I'm starting to get annoyed now. We're supposed to be apathetic. <laughs> um, I knew you were angry, really. Can't help well, it, just, can you? It's just. It's just. To... It... Go on. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to be angry anymore because it's a, it's a complete waste of time. But that's what it is, isn't it? Like watching watching Newcastle is a complete waste of time, but we all still do it. Coming yeah. out of the end after that absolutely horrific performance. It's pointless. Try it's pointless. It's pointless running over in your, in your head over and over and over again and thinking about what the manager should have done, what the manager said, what the players did. But you do it. It's inevitable. And then you then you think about everything that's gone wrong, and like it's 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 utterly infuriating. And it's <clears throat> as Norman said earlier, it's just avoidable as well. Like we we have decent players in the squad, and we're shocking. You know this. You compare this to the team that went down in two thousand and nine. By the way, on paper, this is a better side, and we're worse. You're angry, mate. Uh, so sorry, I'll just jump in. There. You're angry because you care, mate. And this is this is the thing. Like, I'm apathetic and ambivalent a lot of the times before the match, during it, and after it. But then it's obviously as soon as I start talking to mates, as soon as I start talking about Newcastle, as soon as we get together, then you you realise actually how much you do care, and the anger that it does make you feel. Because you know, like if we were at the matches now, if like if us three and a few others had beaten the match. We'd gone for a pint before. We, we had a a couple of pints afterwards. Like that—that that ambivalence and apathy probably would never have taken hold. Would would be angry and we're right. We're rightfully angry. And I think one of the problems is is that Bruce gets angry, but Bruce gets angry because he's being criticised himself. It, it, it's not yeah. Bruce isn't angry because he cares about Newcastle United Football Club. Bruce is angry because people are digging him out. We care because what, what he's doing to our football club. There's a massive difference in him going on TV and and swearing and losing his temper. That is that that's him. Because he is reacting to people having a go at him, as opposed to what he actually care, what he actually cares about Newcastle, and it's it, it, it's just incredible. That there's so many things that uh, you know we could be angry about. I mean, like I'm, I'm little digressing slightly, yeah, but slightly, yeah, but Gary Neville's post-match comments, like you know, I know it's terrible to watch, but you know, what do Newcastle fans expect? Bruce did a good job last season. No, he didn't. Um, they they're in 15th, 14th. They've got terrible players. What do they expect? This is Gary Neville saying this. It's like, well, actually, no. Hold on. You know, the fact it's been like that for years. What do they expect? And it's like, no, no, mate, you're missing the point. And I'm bringing up the previous manager here. It's almost like Neville. Did you not watch a single Newcastle match and look at those fans and talk to those fans during the two years that we were in the Premier League, Rafa? Yes, we didn't get many points. Yes, there were some most awful moments, but we felt like we were being led by someone. We had a manager who cared and who wanted the best for this football club, Steve Bruce. Right at this precise moment in time, I think he's he's kind of looking after his, he's he's looking out for his, himself as opposed to actually caring about Newcastle. And that's maybe a harsh accusation to make, but that's just what it feels like. And it's not a surprise that we're angry at all. It's not you know everyone says that this is um everyone says that this is like comfortable for, for Bruce because the fans aren't in the ground. I, I would argue it's 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 more it's it's like uncomfortable more for us because we because we don't get to go to the ground we don't get to like you don't get to get it out of your system you don't get to kick off in the pub afterwards you don't get to like have a rant about the team as it comes out it, it's not the same because you and you don't get to shout at the manager and I I'm finding it really hard to, to deal with my anger at the, at the at the management the whole team and structure at the club at the minute because you can't go and like just shout at them like you know you know what I mean I I don't know whether you two lads are feeling it and but. Whether everyone else is listening is feeling that as well, but like, uh, there's nothing I'd want more in life at the minute than to, to be at St James and just 
just tell him he's shit at his job and he needs to fuck off. <laughs> Is that pathetic? That, that that that's my overriding feeling, nice. No, I don't think so. Um, here's a stat for you. Um, I tweeted out tonight all of the Premier League managers, like permanent managers at Newcastle in the Premier League that Bruce has had longer than. In that list reads Dalglish, Hullet, Rhoda, Sunes, Allardyce, Hooten, Carver, if you want to go there, and McLaren, <clears throat> and someone else tweeted me back. He's our fourth longest serving manager in the Premier League now, Steve Bruce. <laughs> And, and and it's just so damning. It's just so damning that 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 what he's produced. Let, you know, this is the post Arsenal podcast. We've not even mentioned the game hardly because it's just it's just the same. It's the same, same shit, different week. Hmm. Um, but for for him to be here as long as he have has, and for him to produce what he does, I think you hit the nail on the head, Norman, about about his frustration and his anger publicly. Anyway, is about criticism directed towards him, not not what he's seen. From to call that tonight an improvement, Newcastle and the, Newcastle didn't have a chance tonight, did they? Newcastle did not have no. a single credible chance. They did not create a chance. We've gone to the team that are eleventh in the league, eleventh, and finished eighth last season. Oh, we've not had a chance. We've not. Cre- if anything, it was worse tonight than it was two weeks ago. So. So you know, he's so he's so keen to kind of he talks about hand grenades. He's so keen to like permanently present this idea of progress and moving towards somewhere that it's it's purely done on a game by game basis. So it's like dog shit last week, um, you know, not as bad this week. Well, that's a good thing, even though it's pathetic this week. That's a good thing to him, and then you can build on it, and then but then the week after it's back to dog shit. So then we need a reaction. And, and like I said, the, the bloke's a chancer. The, the, the bloke is he's a bullshitter. He's a chancer. He, he, he was exposed at Sunland. He was exposed at Aston Villa. The only two big jobs he's ever had. Norman, you made a, a great joke tonight on the uh, Charlotte. I'll give you. I'll give you the credit again. I'll set you up for it. How does Bruce? How do you think Steve Bruce wants to play? <laughs> oh, oh, he wants to play Birmingham City in two thousand and two. But he can't. Exactly. Can he? <laughs> he can't. <laughs> Because it's not 2002 and we don't have a time machine. You're right, though, aren't you? Though that's that was his, his solution to all of Newcastle's woes. And listen, I'm I'm fully behind playing 4-4-2. If he wants to do that, great. At least at least we're not getting the bullshit about playing the way the players want to play. Then fine. Um, but but you know, his, his solution to that absolute horror show at Chef, Sheffield United last week was to change all but two of the outfield players, Wilson. And Clark are the only players that survived. So it wasn't like, what did you lads do wrong? What could we have done better? How could we affect this better? It was just change the players and take out a centre back and put in a striker in Andy Carroll. That that you know, I think I think I saw a tweet today saying he's on something like fifty six grand a week. Might be wrong, could be bollocks, but it doesn't sound bollocks for a Premier League manager. That's what we're getting. Plus 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 the, the coaching staff. That's what that's what we got. For that money, as a football club and as a fan base, we've got change change the outfield players and play four four two, and then and then and then whatever happens in this game, call it an improvement. And I've said before, what if what if um, Carl Dollar doesn't pull off two world class saves tonight? And what if um, they, they don't miss an open goal and it's six nil? What if against Manchester City they don't hit the post twice and Dollar doesn't pull off like a ridiculous save and it's five nil? The the performances are the same. The end product's the same, zero points, zero goals. 
But in both games, he's had the temerity to call both of them improvements and positives to be taken from both of them. And that's he's, he's, he, I, I, I hate him. Hate's a strong word. I, I'm talking in a football sense here. But I, I, mm-hmm. he, he's my most loathed Newcastle manager by some distance because, because of this, this kind of um, insistence that he, he sees his own reality and anyone else who who disagrees with the fact that losing and scoring no goals and being battered isn't a positive is hysterical or a keyboard warrior. Norman called, it, go there. Norman called it before the game on the, the Charlotte show and said, you know, if, if we lose if we lose one nil, Bristol Bristol called it an improvement. And I like I knew it was coming because he did the same thing in Man City when we were terrible. He called it an improvement and it wasn't an improvement. And then we've got, we've gone out tonight and and like I said earlier, but like the second half in particular was was a disgrace. To to call that an improvement, to be to be a professional football manager, and Alex, if you're right there on fifty six thousand pounds a week, that's one of the the greatest robberies in the history of the world. Um, to be a professional football manager for this length of time and to think that that was better and and worthwhile of of saying publicly is an improvement is is absolutely staggering. It's a lie. It's a it's a barefaced lie, and I, I'm no longer sure whether it, whether he thinks he's telling the truth. Yeah. Go on, Norman. I think right now, if Steve Bruce is the well respected, well liked figure in football, that you know that 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 he that he see that he seems to be. And if he is a, a lifelong Newcastle fan who loves Newcastle United, he might need to look and think, okay, right, this is the situation we're in. What can I do to change this? What is the in my Arsenal as a football manager that suggests I can turn this around? What have I done in the past to suggest I can turn this situation around? And if he can answer that question, then fair enough, crack on. But I genuinely don't think there is anything that Steve Bruce can do that can improve the situation that we're in at the moment. I, I, I can't see the evidence. I feel I feel terrible saying this because I, you know, it, it almost feels like I'm digging out another human being for for for, for something, which, which I guess I am. It, it feel it doesn't feel nice to say this, but I genuinely. Would like a journalist to say to him or ask him, what is it that you believe you have as a football manager that you, you know, that means you can turn this around? Like, what is it that's given you self-belief? What is it that has given you your self-belief that you can turn this around? I would love to, I would love to to hear and answer that question. I know I won't, but it'd be interesting to hear it. And and, and I guess if if you can't answer that question, then then maybe the best thing is to just walk away. I, I doubt that'll happen, but I, I think that's that's where we're heading, right? I mean. Do you two think there's anything in his arsenal as a manager that can turn this around? Absolutely not. No, Norman, and 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 the the key thing for me, if we if we draw nil nil today, I, I kind of have my analysis ready, and I would have said, okay, so we're at um, we're at Burnley last season at home, when it was shit the bed, five at the back has to go, it can't get any worse, we'll have to go four four two and hope it works, and it did work, and to answer your question. The, the great reset, whatever you want to call it, it's been there and done it. So he's had that time already with this group of players where they have had to listen to him come into training after insisting that the formation 
and style of play was best suited to the players. It's how the, the players wanted to play. It's not how he wants to play, but it's how the players want to play. He had to come into training after Crystal Palace away and say, right, lads, well, it doesn't get much worse than that. We should have lost that game 6-0. Um, and Palace are shite. We're going to have to play 4-4-2. So that, that, that would have been a big moment. And I praised him after that because to have to do that after everything he'd said, and he, you know, it was the right call to make, it's, it's the kind of thing that can split a dressing room. But you only get one chance of that, I think. And it's it's like Rafa Benitez at Newcastle. I know we, we shouldn't talk about him, apparently. But when we went five at the back for the first time under him at Burnley, we won 2-1, I remember. Like, it was just a happier times for a number of reasons, driving down to there on a Monday night. Um, When he kind of settled in that that formation, it was a big call to say, right, we'll finish 10th last season playing 4-4-1-1. Um, we're going to have to go this ultra defensive formation, and it's going to be quite grim for a while. But 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 it worked, and it got better. The big calls to make as managers when you during a season you completely rip up the tactical blueprint of your side, and if you get it right, great. But but Bruce has done it three or four times now. How many times has he flop? Is he is he gone one way or the other? And it, and it 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 supports everything that you say, Norman. So it's even if I even if I did think he had the ability to turn it around, the fact that he's already used that card, that trump card, it it, it there is nothing there is nothing there. If you're a footballer, we've talked about it a hundred times, man. How are you supposed to have a partnership? Is is John Joe Shelby ever played with Mike Longstaff before in the Premier League? Can either of you lads think of a time that that those two have started a game together in the Premier League? Because I can't. No, um, man, you at home one 0 was that Hayden, Matty Longstaff? Can't remember. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, but uh, but but even if they'd only played together once or twice before, exactly. what what is that at this level in the Premier League? Um, Jamal Lewis and Joe Linton's another one. Kraft and Almiron, um, Carol and Wilson. Have ever played West Ham and Burnley? That was it. So so it's Carol doesn't get a kick, doesn't come off the bench for for three months. And, and now he's in the starting lineup as, as, as the main man up front alongside Wilson. It's just bollocks, man. We're, we're seeing we're seeing real time, and I'm 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 start I'm starting to feel, and I'm repeat myself week after week on these podcasts. We're starting to to see like the the kid who hasn't done his homework. We're starting to see the the employee who got pissed last night and and hasn't slept and has a big presentation to do. We're seeing the football equivalent of this, where we've got blokes who literally don't know what they're doing in charge of this football team. And and these are the results, and it's the kind of the kind of results you see are getting beat, hammered three 0 by a very average Arsenal side, and then coming out and, and spinning it as a positive. It's it's that kind of bullshit dog dog ate me homework stuff. I think I think we better call it a day there, lads. We're we're, we're getting like deeper and deeper into this hole. Yeah. <laughs> Only Castle United. I'm not going to sleep the night now. Um, and there, uh, and we'll leave we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. It's been difficult. <laughs> as it often is. It's, it's hard watching the, the, the team, never mind talking about it. But we really appreciate everyone listening to it. And thanks to you, Lance, for joining me at 11pm now on a, on a Monday night to, to talk about this god-awful football club. Um, we'll be back Sunday after the Villa game. Can't wait. Um, and of course, we've got loads more content like this on Patreon this week. We'll, we'll, we'll try and do a few fun podcasts as well. Um, so it's not all doom and gloom on Patreon. But thanks to everybody who supports us there as well. All right, lads. Thanks for your time. Speak to everybody else soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.